This is a HeadGum Podcast. Thanks for listening to No Joke with Billy and Adam on the HeadGum Podcast Network. This is the show where we tackle a topic oh so loosely and discuss our previous, present, and future relationship to it. Today's topic was failure, and our guest was Dave DeLima. We hope you enjoy the No Joke Podcast. Welcome back. It is the No Joke Podcast. I am Billy Scafiori. I'm Adam Lustig. And Adam Lustig, it is now episode number 180. Reverse jam. Turn the page. Turn it over. Reverse Uh, jam 180. 180. Do the 180. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Did you think of that in the car ride over? No, just right now. 180. You heard it and you said, oh, yeah, reverse jam. We can reverse jam this one. 180 degrees. Yep. Reverse that jam. Yep. One One of the sort of linguistic misnomers that always sort of bugs me is that like when people talk about people reversing decisions, they're like, the, he totally went 360 on that decision. Oh. But in reality. If you did 360, you're still standing in the exactly same spot. Exactly right. People often, I feel like people say that sometimes. Like, I did a total 360 on that. I feel completely differently. You, and it's like, my friend, you pretty, feel the same way. <laughs> you're pretty strict with uh, <laughs> math quotes. Got to like, get it right. One thing that when, when, I, when I met you within the first year, like, I was like, this guy doesn't get mad. <laughs> This guy, like, doesn't get frustrated. He, like, lets everything roll off. He's just, like, a happy guy. And then someone said he gave it 110%. I don't like that. And Adam's Adam's brow furrowed. I don't like that. (laughs) Well, then what is percent, then? 100% is giving it your all. If you start to – if you – the world needs rules. Wow. We need rules. Adam, 110%. Then on what scale? What re- scale? Rewind 10 <laughs> seconds and hear Adam take a breath mid-anger to reset a new anyway. anger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very happy about that. Yes. If you see Adam Lustig, give him 100% and no more of your time. Exactly. Okay. Let's be mathematically rigorous here. Let's be mathematically rigorous. Yes. Um, Adam, today we have a good friend in the studio. Yeah, we sure do. Um, it's exciting to me because he hasn't heard episode 179, Headgum Snacks, yet. Shocking. I'm but, shocked. But I'm confident that he will have heard it when this episode comes out because yes. he's also a, um, a very committed listener to the show. I have We're very grateful for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of my smartest friends, one of my first friends when I moved to Los Angeles. Yeah. Uh, a good friend of both of ours, Mr. Dave DeLima. I am so happy to be here. <laughs> this is wonderful. Off to a deep, good start. Deep religious avid fan. Oh yes. yeah, we're so happy. To I'm have so you. sad that I haven't heard the snacks episode. <laughs> oh, you it's will. coming. It's coming. <laughs> yes. And um, Adam, the snacks episode. Uh, yes. Just to fill Dave in. Yes. We took out all the snacks from the cabinets from the Headgum, drawers downstairs, and we kind of psychoanalyzed Headgum founder Marty Michael. Yes. Um, and his uh, choice of snacks and what that says about Headgum as a company. That's right. Do you think who should be the next person um, that we bring on to talk about headgum snacks? Dave, uh, you're invited into this as well. Of course. Is it is it Mars, another employee at the company, to get yeah. their perspective on it, or should we bring in Marty to be like, this is why I did it? I feel like Marty should have the chance to sort of be able to rebut some of his decisions. We were not fully critical, but I mean, there's frozen packs of bacon out there that no one's going to eat for years. Someone, and it's like, yep. someone, we need answers. We need explanations as to why there's frozen meatballs in the fridge. That's exactly right. That's right. So I think Marty or Mars, but also someone like Dave or a guest, sort of like, for instance, when Dave came in this morning, I offered you snacks, and you, frankly... Said, no thanks, just H2O for me. I said no. Minimalist. I said no. Are you not a snack guy? <laughs> oh, I'm a snack guy. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's a, it's, uh, I think what, I haven't heard the episode, but what we're learning here is that snacks might be more 
loaded. It's polarizing. Than, than it feels like a very trivial thing. Yes. But but you picked a snack. Yes. And that's a that's a move. That's it, a, it's a move. And yeah. what does that and reveal about? And you offered about? it. You exactly. chose it. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yes. See, now I'm not surprised that Dave takes that approach with um, trying to break down the psychology of snack yes. choosing, buying, whatever. Yes. Because Dave's a thoughtful guy. Yeah, you're very smart. It's intimidating. He, he works in academia. Yes. And one thing that Dave has been studying for a while now is what we will be talking about on the episode today. That's right. And that topic is failure. Yeah. And I feel like what makes you and I a little more interesting, uh, or just interesting in general, is that- No, no, no. More interesting. More interesting (laughs) than the other comedians out there, is that if nothing else, we're very- comfortable uh, discussing moments of failure. Deeply in touch with my shame and failure. Right. Yes. <laughs> Which I think is like a really like great quality because it's always funny and humbling to hear when other people don't succeed. That's right. Um, but Dave, you've been studying it for a while, correct? <laughs> yes, yeah. And if my if my no-joke history is right, yes, you have even is. done a failure episode. No. Very early. Yes. Okay. Now, and I thought about it on the way over and I was a little self-conscious. Like, oh gosh, could, you know, can the show handle another failure episode? <laughs> but... <laughs> But, They've already failed. <laughs> I think they <that> have <laughs> failed. But then what I remembered is that there have been two episodes about wallets. <laughs> At least. Oh, yeah. At least, Dave. Oh, yeah. And At I least. felt way yeah. better about double, about double dipping. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. We can double dip. <laughs> yes. We did an episode called Failure, Title Failure. I believe so. He might I believe... be. He's probably right. I trust Dave more than I trust myself. Oh, crap. So, like, uh... Oh, crap. <laughs> failure part two. Yes, exactly. Um, well, Dave, I'm not surprised that you know that because uh, you tell me all the time. You're like, I listen to the episode and it means so much to yeah. me. Yeah. Yes. Um, but I'm always more interested in what you have to talk about because Adam and I surround ourselves with comedians and everyone talks comedy. Can you teach us, like, how do you start studying failure? Where does that even begin? Yeah, what was your yeah, path to this? Yeah, it's a uh, – okay, so like the um... – the the starting point was actually looking at news coverage. Oh. Um, and when is this? This was uh, undergraduate years, like 2007, 2008 at UCLA. Cool. Mm-hmm. When you look at the news, yeah. I mean, it's like everyone sort of classically makes this observation that it's it's very negative. Yes. Right? Yes. Um, the news is the bad news. News is bad news, yes. right? You very rarely will open up the front page of the New York right. Times and see like a glowing story about how someone succeeded. It just right. doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't happen. But like, why? Yes, it's not. Why? It's not obvious that that would be the case, right? Um, so you newspapers start... usually have the uh, phrase "if it bleeds, it leads." Yes, mm, you know, very the, nice. Yeah. They, so I, I see, I see what you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. Oh, why? Yeah. So uh, uh, I have sort of since learned that moments of failure, moments of breakdown, are incredibly important, informative points in time, yeah. right? When something break down, breaks down and we care about it, it's already something that we want to address. Like we, yeah. we, we inherently want to resolve it because it's an obstacle in our path. It's yes. something that is like problematic and it's very difficult to figure out what's gone wrong. Right. Mm. It's very difficult to even describe what the thing is that broke down. You'll have some sort of metrics like, oh, this is the thing that went wrong, this thing that went wrong. But then the even harder choice is what caused it. Right. Mm. And you can look at a news story. Yeah. And like the news is a debate about the causes of social failures. Failures. It is a long running debate with journalists pouring resources and resources into these issues that we care enough about to try to figure out what caused them. What's been going wrong? What's been going yeah. wrong? And, and why is so it going wrong? Right. Yeah. And if you can figure out what's going wrong, then you know how to intervene. Yes. Right? So it's this sort of puzzle wow. piece of like, I got to figure out 
the, that something has has broken down that I care about. Yes. Now I got to understand what gave rise to it. Yes. And if I can figure that out, then I can intervene in How a way remedy that, it in yeah, some way. Remedy it exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So you read all that, and so how do you take that thing you learned and put it into practice? Yeah, so at, at around the same time, I was starting a PhD in educational research yeah. and yeah. spending a lot of time doing homework yeah. with students. I was tutoring at an after-school program. Cool, interesting. And what age kids? It, uh, so these are like elementary school Great. kids, cool. maybe early middle school. What does elementary school homework look like? What oh, is that? Yeah. <laughs> what is the what is the fourth grade homework? How the, many apples the thing in that the will, basket? Yeah, right. yeah, exactly. Yes, it will. It, it will surprise you how little homework has changed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, give yeah. me an example though. Is it spelling in fourth grade? So uh, it might uh, be. Yeah, it could be spelling. It could be you know like fifty addition problems. Yeah, nice. fifty subtraction. Action problems, oh, just God. like exactly the kind of mathematics. That. That, yeah, yeah. <laughs> episode one eighty one, Adam, fourth grade math. <laughs> I am down. Yeah. <laughs> I just remember like getting the worksheets, taking them home, and it's just like there's something so daunting about just seeing like lit vertical columns of numbers and right. just being like, I have to make sense of these numbers now. <laughs> right? What does it all mean? Yeah. Yeah. You have to do it a lot for <laughs> a lot. like forty five minutes straight by myself. Yeah. I didn't have a, a Dave. Were you not a math guy? I liked like so I had a ceiling for my math comprehension. I was big into algebra, and I like like basic. I was like good with the PEMDAS stuff, uh-huh. and I was pretty solid with the basic math functions. But once we hit like trig, and I got a little sort of uh, ambitious and uh-huh. did AP calculus for like with like a okay, dummy. forget it. You said trig and AP calculus, and you're that on a, you're like, on a this. much bigger wave than Bill was. I, did a- I was boogie boarding, and you were doing like big <laughs> waves in Maui. <laughs> Trig and whatever you're once saying. You ha- once the TI-83 was required, it was over my head. Yeah. Like, once that calculator was necessary, I was lost. calculator? I was lost. I barely have graph paper. Now you want a graph on my calculator. Exactly. No thanks. <laughs> yes. Um, I don't mean to sidetrack too much. What is the AC on calculators? Have you ever noticed that? There's a C and then an AC. Is it clear, all clear? That's my instinct. Can you confirm, Dave? I cannot confirm. I, okay, I, I think confirm. it's clear, all clear. All clear? Clear to me means you're clearing the last... What's on the screen? Correct. Uh huh. All, All clear by formula. By formula. Now we're both assuming that, but neither knows. Correct? No, definitely not. But why did we both go all clear? <laughs> so like the stakes of resetting your calculator are equal to the stakes of trying to like get someone's heart to reset before you. Exactly. Right. All clear. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Not, it's medical. Sorry. All right. So medical. we definitely zagged off of your zig. So you're teaching. Uh, you're tutoring elementary uh, school students oh, to their homework. Right. Yeah, and I guess the like in a nutshell, the insight was, oh my gosh the stories that we're telling about successes and failures while you're working through this math problem are structurally very similar to the kinds of news stories that we tell. How In so? Other wor- yeah, how so? So um, let's say kids working through a math problem, uh, they add 5 plus 6 and they say it's 10. Yep. And someone says like, oh, there's a problem. And then instinctually – Kids, like like all of us, try to understand what's caused it. Yes. And they may say something like quite intense, like, oh, I just like I just don't get this. Yes. Or my teacher confused me today. Yep. Or mm-hmm. or even worse, like I'm not I'm not good at math. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, we've already heard some hints at like yes. Billy's view of his own mathematical abilities. Yes, yeah. yes. This stuff leaks out, it leaks out right God, away. It's so interesting. Right. And then what you have to think about is like, well, what are we gonna do next? I can like tell you, I can tell the student that you know, five plus six is 11 and we could work through that. It's but what about that? <laughs> it's 56. But that's not addressing the, the cause yes. of the 
failure. Yeah, what yes. about that underlying yeah. story that the student is telling yes. himself or herself? So yeah. what, is, very... what would be an example of an underlying thing for that for that example? I'm uh, stupid. I feel shame. And sorry, not to cut yeah, in, yeah, Andy yeah, Dave. Yeah, yeah. but that's yeah. What, that's what you're saying. Uh, that like uh, what? Like that, that my situation at home uh, has put me in a position where I don't have confidence. Or like what is uh, what's an example of the actual causes yeah. of breakdowns are vast. Okay, yeah. beyond vast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they. Mm-hmm. Uh, they involve the small moves that happen just before the breakdown occurred, but each of those small moves has a history. Of course. Right? Mm-hmm. Could be like, you know, you didn't eat a full breakfast and you're right. just like tired. Yep. Could be that the person sitting across from you is like chattering all the time and That's you right. can't really focus. Yes. Mm-hmm. There's, there's like plenty of cases in our data of students calling out these specific things as the causes of breakdowns in mathematics. Wow. Mm. And they're all out there. They're in the open. They're happening all the time. There are these little micro accounts of what is going wrong. Right. But we often don't address them and instead just sort of fix the very last action that broke down. Oh, oh, it was the six. You added one extra digit. Let's cut that back and go to 10 and move on. That was micro failure, one of a million that sort of led to them getting the math problem. Yes, exactly. And so you took it upon yourself to start studying the steps before where the problem occurs, the failure, quote unquote, occurs. Yes, with with the hope that in schools, we could not just address the, the proximal cause, like that very recent thing that broke down. Yes. But also have a conversation about what the longer term causes are. Yes. Address them build them into like the culture of a classroom so that this is something that we actually work on right. and I can actually this, address. I find this very yeah. moving. I find this very like, uh, I mean, do you find this emotional? Because I feel myself getting like a little emotional about it. It feels like very um, uh, sort of like, like ho- not for lack of a better word, like holy that kind of work because like it is like, especially with kids and school, like it's, there is like, so I find so much shame and like, I'm stupid. I feel stupid. Like that is so, and that shame is, can, I feel like can be such an impediment to learning and to like, and that it's so prevalent, especially in kids and adults and everyone, but especially in kids, I feel like, and like it sets such a sort of a slippery, dangerous precedent of like going through life. Like I'm a failure. I just don't get math. I just don't get it. And just sort of like that sort of narrative that you tell yourself can really become fixed. And that's shitty so like this is that's i feel like it's really important work that you're doing yeah it's actually yeah absolutely moving there's even you sort of really hit it with this word fixed right there's a a big literature on on fixed mindsets versus growth mindsets yeah it's you know uh uh there are probably ways that you could critique that work yes but the important thing is that um what what you could do with a child, what you could help a child do is learn about their process, yes. right? Like learn about the stories they tell themselves, learn about why they're shutting down yes. inquiring into this yes. and open to inquiring into that and make that really the the, the purpose of your, edu- of, of your teaching, yes. right? Instead of just thinking like, I'm going to teach this practice, I'm yes. going to teach you to add five yes. plus five. I'm going to teach you how to work with a community so that you understand like why something is breaking down right. and how to inquire into it and how to resist yes. oversimplified accounts that give you an excuse to stop and how and most importantly how the teacher can change yes. right like mm. take the burden off of yes. the student and figure out like well maybe this this homework assignment of 50 you know addition problems maybe in a row isn't, isn't the way to approach yeah. mathematics right, yes. right? pretty great First act break. Great. That flew by. God man, bless you, oh Dave man. God bless you, Dave Belima. <laughs> oh, Jeez. What the heck kind of song do we play now? <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Kids, 
fixing, process, mm-hmm. failure, mm-hmm. failure. Mm-hmm. Or is there any song that's been uh, that you've been listening to recently, Dave? <laughs> yeah, Dave, have you been? <laughs> you've heard the uh, podcast before. You, you're you're familiar with this moment. I where understand. We just, I yes, understand this moment all too well. Words. Yes, all too well. Yes. <laughs> Fix. Mm-hmm. Nicks. Nicks. Fix. <laughs> Minnesota. Failure math. <laughs> Stanford. Yes. What are these? Well, you had something? Well, I mean. Do we have a fish on the line? I mean, all I know is that the patron saint of music in all of Minnesota is, of course, Prince. And like, Is Bob Dylan not from Minnesota? He, of course, Dylan is. Well. Okay. Yeah. You definitely. Those are the two, obviously, like Mount Rushmore of the Minneapolis, Minnesota music right. universes. Dave will be studying and teaching as well in yes, Minnesota? Yes, right. Minnesota. In yeah, the coming months? Of That's right. Yes. So maybe we take a trip out to Minnesota? Let's take a trip. Do you have a song that you're thinking of from uh prince um i mean what is uh uh there's uh, yes raspberry that's the such a good song that's one little red corvette's really great little, dave. dave any prince songs are you a prince are you a prince fan by any chance um i i love some little red corvette great sure little red, corvette. little red corvette yes is there any other artists who had the word prince in their name just thinking about it real quick Prince. Mm-hmm. Donnie Prince. <laughs> I believe you're thinking of Bonnie Prince. Bonnie Prince? Yeah. Is that someone? No, I don't think so. Okay. Uh, but where's Prince? I don't know. There's, of course, the famous song Two Princes. Oh. <laughs> spin Doctors. The Spin Doctors. Mm. Did you grow up with the Spin Doctors, Dave? Mm, no. Mm. I, so, yeah, my no. hip hop is not as. Uh, Wonderful. Yeah. It is yeah. not hip hop, friend. <laughs> oh, it's not hip hop. Oh, oh, great. It's like. And so we play Two Princes. <laughs> it's like dorky Tiva hippie music. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> what a wonderful mistake. Uh, we don't listen to hip-hop. This is Spin Doctors, Two Princes. We'll be right back. Great.
Welcome back to the No Joe Podcast. We're talking with Dave DeLima about failure, and that was Two Princes by the Spin Doctors. Hip-hop classic. The classic hip-hop, hip-hop anthem. Born in the Bronx. <laughs> I, heard, I heard so much hip-hop. So much. <laughs> That's what Dave said. I'm hearing notes of hip-hop in there. Notes under notes. Under notes. Right. It's top notes of folk, but under notes of hip-hop. Uh, we talked about failure in the first act. I just want to pivot real quick because Dave was at uh, my wedding. Yeah, Adam. Mm. So were you? Yes. Um, but Dave, was, we were all there. Dave was privy to um, you give a lead the ceremony, Adam, as my officiant. Yes, uh, you did an excellent job. Oh, jeez, Bill, Rabbi Thank you. Adam, it was my honor and my pleasure. Um, Dave, what was your experience? Oh man, uh, I mean, the ceremony alone was one of the more moving half hours, hours of my life. Yeah, um, really sweet. the song, the poetry, it's beautiful. Just the like the the vulnerability that everybody poured into it. Yeah. And then, and then I, my experience of Adam leading it was yeah. so, I was in such a, I felt like I was such a privileged position oh. having likely had a very similar like Jewish upbringing. Yes. To Adam. Mm-hmm. And Jewish-ish. It, Jewish-ish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. That's the sort of thing, right? Yes. Like I, I can know the traditions yes. and I was a, like a, a, a part of the, yes. the community. Yes. Right. Uh, but it has sort of since faded a bit. Yeah. And it was this like, and I, and I, I, I my sense of that it had for you as yeah. well. So you like represent it and weave these traditions and bring them back into the focus in such a like creative and free way it was maybe like the most jewish thing that i had seen (laughs) that like to the you know to like an outsider would look like a very mildly jewish yeah 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 it was i mean it was i mean i i just think it's like there's a beauty and a hilarious irony to the fact that like billy had one of the more jewish weddings that i've ever (laughs) (laughs) i've ever been to or been a part of noted jew billy skafuri (laughs) jew enthusiast billy skafuri (laughs) jew by osmosis jew Uh, by proxy Uh, yes exactly right but one of the things that i do really i mean that's very sweet of you to say and it was just like the the love vibrations from that weekend ripple out to this day and to 
this moment and forevermore. But yes. like, I, I do find that like, just looping it back to failure, I do find that like, one of the things I love about Judaism and the Jewish ethos is that like, there is a certain embrace of, <laughs> there is a certain embracing of failure mm -hmm. and kind of a celebration of flaw right. that to me is like the, the main reason that I still feel any degree of connection to like the Jewish ethic. Right. Yes. That, like, like complaining is yeah, very, catching yeah. is like a real part yes. of the, yes. <laughs> the Pointing out what's wrong and why. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> I grew up with uh, a bunch of athletes who wanted to win the games. We And when we didn't win the games, we were pissed and we'd go home and we would be pissed for the rest of the night. And we, that would be our attitude because we're mad because we lost. Did you describe it as kvetching at, at, <laughs> at the time? In no capacity. <laughs> we had no words that started with K and were followed by a V. Vetch. Yeah. By vetch. Um, but then I moved to New York City. Then I started hanging out with Harvard Sailing Team. Then I meet Adam Lustig. And then I see a quality in somebody that I've literally never seen before. And I was like, well, he has to be by my side for the rest of time based on this one thing. We would do shows, Harvard Sailing, we would do shows sometimes when we were first getting started for eight people, five people. There's nine of us in the group, so yeah. we've already outnumbered the people in the crowd. Yeah. And Lustick would be so psyched for these shows backstage. Yeah. Like, and not like in a like a winky winky like this show's gonna suck, but I'll laugh at it. Like, this is going to be the most fun experience of our lives. Yeah, and I was like, we're failures. <laughs> like yeah. nobody wanted the doors open and nobody wants to walk through it. Exactly. And Adam was like, all in, baby, all in. And he, what he would bring to those shows is still like some of the most magical energy. So yeah. like, I was just like, how do you learn to appreciate like a quote unquote failure yeah. this well? And yeah. then you find out that Adam Lustick was a singing telegram for years. That's true. And that is just like, you have to just get rid of ego and shame yeah. and just be like, I'm here to do a job, baby. Yeah, exactly. I'll embarrass myself time and time again. And it's just such Swim an inc failure. incredible quality and I've learned to take it on too. Where now I can laugh at the shows like, who cares if there's five or 500 out there? Like, yeah. it's all the same thing. Yes. It's just an incredible quality to learn. Well, I think speaking to the work that you do, it's just like, we do live and like Billy and I were joking in an episode about like, in the last episode actually, about like, what is the point of the No Joe podcast? Are we aimless? Do we have a goal? Like, yeah. what is the ultimate like, what's the point? What is the point? point right. and i do feel like we are in a culture of like that is very goal oriented and result oriented and like you were mm. saying sort of like does look at the what was the word that you used the most recent cause of the failure yeah the proximal, proximal. proximal. yes exactly yeah. as opposed to sort of like examining proce processes mm. so i do feel like especially for kids like sort of habitualizing the habit of self-reflection and examining one's own process is so important mm. it's something that we don't do enough as a society yeah i, I like. think i <laughs> think what you're what you're sort of like that energy that you brought to those early shows <laughs> that, you know, Billy is at least construing as a guaranteed failure, yeah. right? Yeah. That, Obje objective failure. <laughs> like, you know, it, it reminds me of how children ap approach play in childhood. And this is like somewhat well known that yeah. play is a is like is a protected space. Yeah. Right? You are meant to fail. Yes. Video games, in fact, are not fun unless you fail. Yeah. There's a threshold that you're that you're sort of like, oh, that's so interesting. Um, I don't know, uh, dancing around. Right. Like, yeah. can I do this or can I not do this? Yes. And in play, we're very tolerant yeah. of it. In the arts, you have to be oh, tolerant man. of it. Yeah. And frankly, everywhere yeah. you have to be tolerant of it yes. but as you just noted we live in a world where that like you're not really readily allowed to acknowledge that yeah. and yet it is integral yes. to process yes right? yeah yeah absolutely
Your yeah. your field feels like it's like very ref- like it's like rooted in reflection or like uh, like kind, always kind of looking back to what the causes were that led to how we got here. Is that like a therapy? Is there like do you like run like parallel to therapy? It feels like there's just like moments of inflection and self reflection that you guys both parties are doing. Do you consider yourself what you're doing a type of therapy? No. no. I mean, well, so I'm sure that if we asked the therapist, they could riff on the, the, the kinds of themes that I study and tell you how they weave it yes. into actual therapy. Yes. I don't right. I don't have a good enough handle yes. on that. But I will say that what um, – uh, what we're trying to do is not place the full burden on students as individuals to yes. figure out how to resolve yes. these breakdowns. And it's very easy to, when adults are in a position of power, to say, like, hey, just work harder. I yeah. know. Seriously. Hey, just, like, figure this out, exactly. right? And, like, I already lectured about it. I already explained it to you. Ask somebody else, right? Mm-hmm. It's very easy to, to do that. And yet if we really, really fully acknowledge that the causes of that moment – spill out from yes. that immediate like the the few things that just led up to it and that we as teachers maybe contributed yeah. or as adults or as a community then what you have to do if you want to sort of be i don't know just or fair in that moment you have to like create a dialogue about yeah. it and you have to you have to understand what the student ex- is yeah. experiencing and you have to be willing as a teacher to change Definitely. so the kinds of like classroom cultures that we try to set up Oof. we like make art about failure like yeah. the kids the kids are learning how to program computers they're getting bugs in their code yes. but we also dedicate substantial amount of time to just like making art about what it was like to code today and what it was like to get bugs in your code awesome. and then we look at the art together and we say right. like, what does this mean and how should we change our classroom tomorrow? Amazing. So there's definitely an angle to this where yes. I want people to uh, – teachers and students to tell stories about these experiences frequently and change yeah. and be willing to change. So I think there is isn't there is like – A yeah, therapeutic a aspect. A therapeutic aspect. Yes. That's, that's a better way of yeah. it. Right. And it takes a lot of humility as a teacher to uh, – kind of like put your ego aside and be like this is a ecosystem that we are all contributing to it's not just i am giving you information and you either get it or you don't student and like it's black or white you either get it or you don't and like for a teacher to sort of be able to have that more nuanced textured view of like what teaching and learning is actually like is is uh humbling i feel like it takes some humil- some degree of humility and i think to that can also be a like that. i think that could also be true of anyone in an authority figure totally any authority figure yes like not just being like i now have the power to point and rule but rather exactly. to adapt and understand and try and create better processes for all of us yeah exactly. that's a really nice way to put it and then you know of course teachers are in very complex systems right with you know administrators and those administrators are in complex systems so you would really want an yes. overhaul of yes. like all parties readily attending to what's happening and like study the breakdown yes study it fully and then it, yes. almost in the way that a journalist would like dig deeply into a into a you know into something that's gone yes. wrong in society so with your yeah. work do, is your end game to like come up with like a comprehensive documentation of like what we've learned and like how to avoid these problems in advance or things to look out for or how these things could like what what is the is there like a study, a printed study that comes at the end of it? What is? Yeah, so we'll we'll write papers about the things we're learning along the way, but mm-hmm. uh, but frankly, they they are all very narrow, and yes. there it's not it's not. I'm not yet at a point where I could sort of offer suggestions for how to do this. We're very early, yes. yeah. in this research agenda. Um, you could pull together a lot of what we know across the board yeah. as educational researchers and build something that's pretty great. Um, but one of the things that I'm doing right now is just watching how this happens 
just naturally. Yeah. In other words, like we just haven't spent enough time looking at how teachers and students are talking to yes. each other in the uh, moment that uh, things are breaking down. Yes. We have a lot of research where we interview students and teachers after the fact, right. like how do things go, or we'll do survey research or experimental research that says like, yeah, we move the needle a little yep. bit this way. Yep. But in the moment of breakdown, yeah, the moment we need yeah. just sort of naturalistic observations yeah. of like so how people are navigating these moments. And then you can say, okay, here's where we might want to intervene. So do you forward. go into classrooms and sit there and watch a, a class? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. And, and more, than watching, we um, uh, we use video and screen recordings cool. so that we can um, replay. Watch the game tape. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. Love, game it. Tape. yeah. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. As, as listeners to the No Joke podcast will know, uh, conversations happen very quickly. Yeah. There, there is, uh, you know, this, you this a, banter is a, especially fast. You have one moment to identify where the failure happened, yeah, exactly. where you are. You have thousands of those opportunities when listening to No Joke. Yes, exactly. Yeah, you put a researcher in this room, you like take field notes on how Adam but, and Billy but wait, talk wait, to each other. Just, all, be nothing. all the micro yeah. failures. Yeah, that was yeah. another time when I would see Adam get mad. It wasn't when someone would say 110%. It would be when someone would request him to just slow down a little. He'd be I like, well, don't that's... you fucking tell me how to live and I gotta t- New York City. <laughs> I have to tell you something. That is very directly related to my elementary schooling experience and like my own um, kind of reactionary nature where teachers would say, slow down. You talk too fast. Like, slow down. Or like, I had to have a parent-teacher conference in fourth grade where my parents had to come in and the teacher had to be like, your kid is hyper, man. Like, And, and we had to like strike a deal where Mrs. Daum let me like stand up and I was able to like pace back and forth in the back of the class if I needed to, if I felt too amped up. And it was like, I was just, but that's the, not, but I, I know, but honestly it was like the feeling self-conscious of it that was birthed in that elementary school environment mm. has made me, has made me touchy about people telling me to slow down and to relax and mm-hmm. to, and to calm down. Mm. Um, so it's like, those things are, are those those deeply embedded deeply embedded and then like it starts there in school that is where it is those like self-consciousnesses and shames wow. are planted yeah. for me i should say um yeah. we have a second uh we have a second act break to do great there's a <laughs> song by an i think this is a hip-hop a, i'm pretty sure it's a hip-hop song spin so doctors? i'm sure dave knows it <laughs> not <laughs> not the spin doctors dave are you familiar with brand nubian I am not. Brand Nubian. Adam, are you? No. All right, so this feels like a 70-30 it exists. I love those odds, Bill. Slow. (laughs) If it's not Brand Nubian, it's someone named like Grand Poobah. (laughs) Dave, are you familiar with Grand Poobah? (laughs) I don't think you are. I think the song is called Slow Down. Yeah, baby. So let's find out real quick. Slow right down. And if it's not Slow Down, Dave, do you know what song we'll play? Uh, it rhymes uh, with smananaphone. We have a default oh, song yeah, that we right, play. Right, right, Of yes, course, you know yes, the rules. So if this song it. doesn't exist, Dave, what song are we playing? Yeah, we're playing Bananaphone. We're doing it. Job for me, you won't rob because I smack you with a whole spill with sand. 
man. Now give that to the crack man. You was fly once, now you're losing all your front. Started off light on the tip of Woolies lunch. But now you get a stripe, graduated to the pipe. Took the long tour. Pipe. Yeah, head crack, head crack. You smoked up that stack in a minute, you was back. Hey, your ex, wasn't that your girl? Yeah, I had to drop her because she caught all the plastic and I just couldn't stop her. Slow down. Slow, slow down. Tropicana. She's always juicing, producing cash from a sexual task. She loves men that trick like Halloween and treat. You ain't paid, then your grade is incomplete. You gotta flash dollars to prove her. And when you do, she sucks it up like a Hoover. Taking all your cakes like inhalation of eight. Her nasal passage filled with money, and it's massive. Well, what you are is a stunt, man. You're on a hunt. And your plan is to take all you can from a man and scram. Your kind before you're not original, just a sick, mixed up individual giving up the crotch for a fresh gold watch, marking off the good you get, going up another notch. Your ways and actions are like those of a savage. If the price is right, then anyone can rap it. Even Monty Hall can have himself a ball if his assets are in order. What's really scary is just somebody's daughter, so don't come around trying to make a profit at the expense of another man's stuff. Cause you see, you're the freak show of the town And what I think you ought to do is Welcome back to the No Joe Podcast. That was Brand Nubian with Slow Down. We're here with Dave DeLima talking about failure. Billy, you never fail to yeah. identify the song. There are certain never songs fail. when you wake up with a hangover that if you hit play on your stereo and it comes out, your hangover just goes away. Bye. That's one of it for me. Bye. Like an 80s, <laughs> mid-80s hip-hop beat is like... 
pure medicine through my body. <laughs> yeah. When it plays, God, I just feel so good. Yes. That's one of those songs. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, Dave, you are so smart and so generous and so kind. I need to ask you a bit of a cynical question. Yeah. Do you yeah. the good yeah. stuff? <gasps> Who, you, where's the body? As a person. <laughs> where are where the bodies you, at you? Yeah. Where did you bury the body? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you study education. You're in education. What, do you ever get overwhelmed or do you feel cynical about the, bureau, the bureaucratic, systemic – like do you ever feel overwhelmed like, oh, there will never fix these problems? Like there's too many uh, systemic bureaucratic problems in the educational system. This is unremediable. Do you ever feel overwhelmed? Could I give you like a like a vague yes a vague yeah. answer? Yes. No, I don't know. I, I I would be curious if like any of what I've offered has resonated with, with listeners. But this one's going to be particularly vague. Yes. Uh, <laughs> the, the, but 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 it is an answer to your question. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that every uh, moment of breakdown, every every failure, is in- inherently political. Yes. And I don't mean like left right, uh, like like United States politics political. Right. I mean that it um, that moment is going to shape how we allocate time right. and resources yes. and how we actually strategize to resolve the breakdown. Yes. So they're loaded moments. Totally. Right. Like, am I going to be the person who has to change, or is that person going to have to change, right. or is that person who? How much effort are we going to yeah. put to this? Like, so. So my only cynical take would be that I just don't know if we've arrived at a place where we can deeply look yes. at breakdowns, yes. look at moments of failure yes. without the – what we all know is coming next, which is that someone's going to have to change. Get right. blamed. Right? Someone someone's gets blamed. Blame. Some, yeah. Yeah. Someone or something, right? There's this really yeah. amazing yeah. – um, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, idea about political science mm. and I can't even think about who to attribute it to but it's called the veil of ignorance right. and in this thought experiment you design society uh, to be as like wh- however you want it like the video game The Sims. Yeah. yeah game yeah. Sims. So just like, roller coasters everywhere. Roller coasters everywhere. Right? <laughs> right. Yeah. And in particular, you're making choices about how much wealth people have and how the how the politics should work. Yeah. But the catch is that the veil is that you don't know who you will become in that in society. That, yeah. You will randomly be placed into the body of someone in, yes. in that society. Unless and you like, are in my society, in which case you are a roller coaster. A roller coaster <laughs> operator. Yes. 100% <laughs> yes. of the people are riding roller coasters. Yeah. In Billy's oh, you society. own a football stadium? My football stadium has a roller coaster inside of it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. You are so, on. Yeah, so, so the, the idea is that that's like basically the only way that you would yeah. actually uh, design a, a fair society. Right. And I think that applies to these moments of failure. Yeah. If you could say like, well, okay, something has broken down and now we're going to talk about it and figure out our course of action. But it may be that the teacher and the student swap places. Yeah. Right. The student in the, in, you know, the position of power and the student in a weaker position of power are going to swap. Like, yes. is that going to be a more just story. Yes. Is it going to be a more equal story? Yeah. So yes, you could look at the bureaucratic layers. You could, yes. we could, and 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 lots of people are doing really good work understanding yes. mm-hmm. how to, uh, you know, change systems yeah. like that. Yeah. But I I just was offering kind of like a deep take on it, that, it, it right. that it that it's going to be hard. Yeah. Even in the like one-on-one situation yes. with your significant other or yeah. like a small interaction mm-hmm. with a student in the classroom, totally. that kind of thing. Um, yeah. Dave, you, much like Adam Lustig, are a new father. Congratulations. Mm. Mm, thank Congrats. you. Now, do you t- feel like it's a burden that you know this much about yeah, uh, really. failure and doing the, how to handle it the correctly? Because like as a new father, aren't there moments where you're just like, I don't want to have to make the right choice. I want to put you in the corner right let's, now. 
let's let's throw that to Adam. Let's hear yeah. like, what's, what's happening. Well, what's, I feel like the... you and I are in something because great deflection. Yeah, right. really, like, like yeah. pro yeah. level, pro great level deflection. Failure right there. to answer the question, Dave. <laughs> 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 uh, but well, I do feel like we're. I mean, like your uh, child is a year and a half. My right. child is three months. My child is a larva comparatively. Uh, but, um, so he doesn't. My child doesn't even know about corners yet to be put in. Okay. Uh, but I, yeah, I mean, one of the reasons that I, I don't know. I think one of the reasons that I do find myself like being very moved by even this conversation is because, yeah, and I am constantly thinking about him now and like his future and the things that I am in the judgments and the sh- and the shames that p- people incept into children mm. and like ha- and like the systemic. Uh, the systemic habits that we that children adopt consciously or subconsciously, and school. I'm thinking about school. Like he's going to be in school, and it is like a uh, socialize a huge socialization process. And like, yeah, I'm, I find myself thinking about the flaws and the foibles of that process, and how it's really. And and I wish for my child to have some sort of teacher or educator like you, Dave, mm-hmm. so that can is thoughtful and process oriented as opposed to goal oriented and. Uh, encourages reflection, frankly, and self-reflection, which I just don't think we do enough. Yeah. And especially in schools, right. like right. school is such a – it's such a right or wrong. It's zero to 100. It's like grades and success or failure feels black and white, but that is just not the – that is just not – there's no nuance there. So right. I do find myself – I forgot even what you really asked in the first place. But like, oh, of course I – Are you want, putting Fig in the corner? We put him right in the corner. He, <laughs> he sleeps <laughs> in the corner. We, <laughs> we feed him and then we just set him down in the corner. That's what you do, right? That's No, but I guess you, like yeah. more – you know, something you might be doing is like like are you letting him like cry at all? Before of course. He, before he falls like asleep? Has he? Have you given him – like, what are the yeah. things that, what are the decisions that you've made yeah. that are like feeling like, you know, these struggle points? Yeah, he's, he has been pretty, he hasn't been too cry, cryy yet. Oh, I mean, he's you have a great baby. Pretty chill. Yeah. He's like a great baby. Not so trying to brag, not trying to brag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's pretty chill, but like, yeah, that is like, I mean, you know, we're reading all the, we're not all the books, but like we're reading these parenting books. And I'd be curious as to like how sort of researched you were in terms of like your pre parenting life. Whatever. Yeah, it's Not hard. It's just medium. so hard. It's hard, man. But like, yeah, there is like, you know, that sort of philosophy of like your kid falls and like if you sort of rush and are scared and like, oh, and sort of like project a energy of panicked failure, like that was a fail moment. You fell, you fell, you failed. Then that sort of incepts in him or her this idea of like, oh, this is a failure. I failed as opposed to sort of you as a parent projecting just sort of a – calmer, more laissez-faire. When I see at your wedding, to bring it back to your wedding, when I saw Billy, your sister, Kristen, and Ted, the way Mm. that they interact with their kids, I was like, holy shit. I was like, Ted is the greatest father that has ever been in history. (laughs) He is just like very much like treats Ryan and Emma, your uh, niece and nephew, like peers. And like in a way that is like really, really not traditionally patriarchal or parental. And is very much just like we're pals. We're three pals on equal. I have something to learn from you. You might have something to learn from me. Right. We're just exchanging ideas and information in a judgment-free way. Mm. And I was like, that's what I, that's what I want to do. I that's do what it. I right. am trying to do. Oh, that's so cool. It was amazing. Yeah, it was very cool. Yeah. But I, I am thinking about this kind of shit all the time. Yeah, <laughs> and as a person who doesn't have a kid, 
I fully sympathize with the things that you are thinking about too. Just yeah. like the schools and the future. It really yeah. just comes down to like what is like what is like the future world that we want to kind of like hopefully walk into yeah. and shape in the slightest of ways. And it really just keeps feels like it keeps coming back to like be more like self reflective yes. for a second. Yeah. Like it's look inward for examined. a second. We've been projecting exactly. for so long that we've lost a lot of like what makes us human. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. What I, what I find uh, I guess what I found um, fascinating about parenting and and this is uh, you can say nothing about parenting that doesn't sound cliche uh, totally. right yeah. but basically like the number of choices you make at every moment <laughs> mm-hmm. t- when you're interacting with your child yes. right? and somehow the stakes feel higher right because they're so new and yes. you're like you know you're shaping their first yeah. moments so like a really fun example is like Clark was playing with this with this train he'd built a like a, 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 a like an oval a track Brilliant. and he would push a button on this train and it would work its way around the track yes. and I thought it'd be funny to like take one of the track pieces out yep and so it's working its way around and like I see Clark notice it huh. and like jokingly I'm like oh no oh no what are we gonna do yes. what are we gonna do yeah. and then I quickly put the track yes. in to fill it in just as the train comes around and Clark loves this game yes and it's like my father just, the hero yeah, yeah. <laughs> father. I, create the problem create the solution he is the pharmaceutical oh, company no. <laughs> no, I, <don't. laughs> I created a game to just self egg <laughs> yeah. um, no so what I've what, the, the, the long story short is that like Oh no! And reacting to breakdowns is a big part of who Clark is. Yeah, now. yeah. Like, so I'm not funny. reducing it to that to that game, but like it possibly was yeah. one of the beginning points. So he <gasps> thinks it's so funny. He's like, Oh no! Oh no! Yeah, such a great line. And it's like, Do I? Did, should I have really? Like, is this what he should be doing so early in life? He's like Mr. Bill to, from SNL. Yes, I, yeah. Yeah. I imagine he's the person who always identifies like Spider Man. <laughs> like he's just walking around the house. Oh no! Oh, no! We need help. Uh, yes. Um, Dave was at my house a couple of days ago uh, uh, and uh, I brought out a book that we have at the house yeah. that we talked about on the podcast. Yeah, It's called The 48 Laws of Power. Oh, dude. And talk about a book that feels like it flies in the face of all that Dave DeLima stands for. Mm. It was just a high comedy for me. He was reading through each chapter slowly. It was like Destroy all of your enemies to, to dust. dust. To dust. <laughs> Crush your enemies to dust. Leave no ember of hope. Right. <laughs> Whoa. So okay. If, so if you're a listener of No Joke and you're listening to this episode and you're like, wow, this guy like has a great spirit. And like, I want this to be the future of America. And I want our professors and educators to learn from him and to kind of take these lessons on with them. Listen to the power episode, <laughs> like a hundred episodes. Different ago. vibe, right? Different, Different vibe. Vibe feels like pre-Trump or right around Trump, but like, <laughs> yeah, like yikes, oh, boy, oh, yikes, boy, oh, vibe. Boy. Yeah, yes. that was that was eye-opening. Yeah. We, I mean, we read like little, small, little excerpts. Oh it man, was, uh, yes. How to become a sociopath in forty-eight? Yes, chapters. exactly. But yes. It makes you a very bad person very fast. Yes, um, but we didn't talk about that today. What we did talk about was failure. This is amazing. And friends, it was a success. It was a success. It was a success, yes. except for that that one hip hop mistake. Oh, oh, how are you going to sleep? Are how we learn? How are Dave? you going to sleep? And tonight? that was the moment of failure that we'll be watching the game tape about. <laughs> we'll be going right. back and we'll be analyzing. That's that. right. There was the breakdown right, right there. Thank you so much, Dave, thank for you, letting man. me join. Oh my kidding? gosh, Our I pleasure. am a deep fan, and this was this was the treat treat of a life. It was amazing yes. to have you, honestly. Well, yeah. for the No Joke Podcast, today's guest was the wonderful Dave DeLima. Huzzah! I am Billy Scafiri. I'm Adam Lustig. And like always, we will talk to you next week. Thanks so much. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>